I'm Aysan, and this is the imaginatively titled Midpoint Show. We are about halfway through the league season. Um, so what we're going to do is have a little look at how the top seven, because yes, it's a top seven now with Newcastle, um, how they're doing and what may come in the rest of the season. Joining me, I've got Howard, but firstly, a very agitated Stefan. <laughs> Afternoon, Stefan. How are you? Great. No, I, mean, I was asked this before we started. The reality is, as much as I might not like to admit it, I am, even though we are now mid-Tuesday, still mightily fucked off. Mm. Is, it the, is it the result, the performance, or just the decision, as we're going to call it? No, yeah, I mean, it's the decision. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's the, the whole situation the, you know, everything we're probably going to talk about in terms of City on this. But, uh, and then laid on top of that, just, you know, for me, just the most, it's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I don't see that there's any rational um, analysis of, the, of that situation that gives, that gives a goal. And, you know, that, that really took the wind out of me on certainly on Saturday it took me about two hours just to move off the sofa and still pisses me off now it's just really mm. it's a ridiculous situation mm. Peter Walton sent me into a two-day spiral as well so <laughs> just people trying to justify it uh, can I just say Stefan be glad that the most ridiculous decision you've ever seen was I mean it could have been at a better time let's say Bournemouth at home for example but better this than some end of season, everything at stake game. Let's just put it that way. Because if a decision like that cost us in a league decider or Champions League final, I think it would take me four months to get over a decision like that. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the, the unfortunate problem is I do think that we've had quite a few of those. Maybe we've had just the same number as every other team. I don't know. It, it just feels like we've had more. Um, you know, if you think about some of those Liverpool games, Spurs games, Champions League, later stages, you know, I mean, I think this was way beyond it, don't get me wrong, but I think we've had our fair share. And I, and I can't remember too many people, I guess, would point to uh, Rodri at Everton, maybe. Uh, mm. Maybe that uh, was the, was it also Everton where we had the, the odd offside where Rodri comes back from offside? Do you remember that one? No, everyone. Yeah, somebody oh, yeah, comes the, back the, from offside. The Villa game, the Villa game oh. where they changed the rules. Was it Villa? Villa. Yes, c correct. Villa. Yeah, yes. There was, there was so maybe people would say I we've think, had the same. Yeah, but I, I think we were way clear with the league at the time. I don't think that made any difference whatsoever. To be honest, it might have done in that match, but it didn't make much of a difference in the, the yeah you know, the wider picture. And this could. This was a huge turning point for two both teams in a way, possibly. Possibly might make no difference whatsoever. So, yeah, I look. You did. I, ask, I always look right? at it. I always look at the other side. We've won so many titles by a you know hair's breadth, basically by tiny, tiny margins. I'm not saying we're lucky, but we've done it by tiny margins. That hey, if we're going to have a season where things go against us, that's that is the two and throw of football. So. Yeah, well, you're just being much more mature about it than I am, so congratulations. 
I'm not. It's just an act. <laughs> Howard, I, I, love, I, I, I love the way I love the way Howard was like, "Oh, Asan, I don't want to host. I want to be a guest on a podcast." And three minutes in, he's taken over the hosting duties and he's just having his own little chat there. You know why? Because uh, it was the main road ramble. You know that they finished their last. They did the last podcast, and they looked yes. back at their favorite podcast. So to cheer myself up, I thought I'd listen back to our Aston Villa match podcast at the end of last season. Did it cheer you up? Yeah, it was was brilliant. I mean, none (laughs) of us could speak properly, but... (laughs) I remember, yeah, I remember. But it just reminds me that, you know, for every decision like the one at United, there were, I mean, I did say, every time I win the league, I say, look, whatever happens next season, I can't complain because of after what happened with Aguero, what happened with Aston Villa and all the other, you know, the close calls and just scoring against Burnley, you know, to keep Liverpool at bay all those times. I always say that and then the next season starts and of course you're moaning again as soon as, as 10 minutes into the season. But, you know, it we have had in very tight situations, we've had things kind of go away. I think we're perfectly entitled to look at objectively the worst decision ever made by a referee in the VAR or maybe even in the Premier League era and be a bit annoyed about it when it goes against us in the derby. This is just how I deal with it, you know. Yeah. No, no, I I fully get you. But anyway, listen, listen, that's not why we're here. (laughs) We're here to cheer ourselves up by talking about how amazing the rest of the, uh, the top seven are. Um, the obvious place to start with this is going to be the team who are currently top of the league. Um, Stefan, I'm going to start with you. I'd like your thoughts on their progress, but actually I'd like you to begin by telling me what you thought when the season started. Like when you looked at, you look around at City's competitors and how you think everybody's going to do based on the business that they've done. What were your thoughts coming into the season on Arsenal? Um. I really liked uh, the program. Uh, was all or nothing, right? So I, I, I was, I was super impressed with uh, with Arteta on the back of that. And I know some people thought it was quite cheesy in the way that he approached these situations, but I think it it gave an indication that something was happening there, despite what happened at the end of last season. Now I'm not saying for one second that I expected them to be where they are now. Um, but I do think that what we're seeing is a continuation of, for want of a better word, a project, uh, i.e. some good management. And I mean management not just of the playing side, but of the non-playing side, um, keeping quite calm. Because actually, if you look at the results that he had at the back end of last season, I mean, they're pretty ropey. and you know, a more trigger happy board might have might have done something. Um, you know, obviously they bought well in terms of who they bought from us, but did I expect those two players in particular to make the sorts of difference that they seem to have made? Obviously, no, I didn't. Uh, so clearly massively surprised, but I have to say more than anything, massively impressed. I just think they are absolutely fantastic so far. Uh, and more a... like in every single game. Hmm. It, it... Howard, I'll throw this over to you as well. In fact, no, first, you give me your thoughts very quickly on on same questions I had for Stefan. Basically, what were your thoughts going into the season on Arsenal? 
Yeah, the same. Uh, could be on for top four finish. I mean, they finished fifth anyway, didn't they, last season? I looked up the odds pre-season. Uh, for this season, they were 40-1 to 1 for the league. They were six favourites for the title. Uh, now, obviously, two of the teams above them have had the absolute mare and will come to them. Uh, and others have disappointed, and I'm sure will come to that particular team as well. But ultimately, no, I, no one really saw a title challenge. Probably be, because one of, at least, City or Liverpool would do what they normally do. Probably because you think to for them to win the league, everyone else would have to fall away. And there's no way this team was in a position to suddenly go and get over 90 points. But they can still get 107 now. You know, and they've gone through two difficult periods where they thought, well, this will tell us a lot about them, and they're still there. No, not a chance. Not a chance did I think they were title contenders coming into this season. The squad wasn't, isn't. I mean, you can still look at it and say it's not a title winning squad, quite good as it is. This is a triumph of system over players, I think. Yeah. Mm. We've been there before. When you get your system right, when your manager's got them playing how you want, then. It's not all about who's got the best players. We know that all too well. I thought they'd be a, a challenger for the top four, definitely, uh, and little more than that. This, this you know, Arteta was so close to being sacked. I think you know, not too long ago after losing an opening three games to a season, and I th- still felt he was a couple of years away from make, turning them into title challengers. Stefan, would you go along with the idea that this is a triumph for Arteta rather than the players or maybe I shouldn't phrase it like that but you see what I'm driving at that that this is something that that Arteta has built rather than him being given a group of players that are so good that it's natural that they would then challenge for the title well I think we're going to um I think we're going to talk about two teams that have got a similar um situation in Newcastle and Arsenal, right? So, and I think it transcends football and is more about organisational sort of progress and um, what the right word is, but just a sort of coming together of an organisation, both in terms of uh, customers, supporters, whatever you want to call them, employees, i.e. the players, uh, the you know the executive everything is aligning and that's the same at Newcastle. This is not about, in my opinion, this is not about one particular part of the 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 the, the picture. You know, they're clearly outperforming the sum of their parts. I think both clubs are, and I think it's a similar. They've got a similar uh, thing going on, which is just this incredible momentum, um, bringing confidence to the way that they they play on the pitch. Um, and obviously it's a system, obviously both uh, Arteta and Eddie Howard doing things that are, uh, you know, better than they were done before. I don't think it's possible to ignore that, but it's much more than that for me. You know, it's not just, it's not just Arteta. It's not just the crowd being positive again. It's just everything together. And it, and it's making mm. uh, both of those clubs completely different propositions from the past. I could not see uh, any scenario where even, you know, not that long ago, maybe even a month ago, where Arsenal would win the league. 
maybe maybe six weeks, eight weeks. But you know, they absolutely they should win the league now. Howard, would you go along with that? With an eight-point lead, do you think they should win the league from yeah. here? Bearing in mind they got to play City twice. Yeah, I mean, they lose those are still top, and I don't think they will. Yeah, I don't don't think they'll beat us twice either. Uh, yeah, if you look at the fixtures, if you look at the fact that no one is putting them under pressure, because someone's they've gone toe to toe with another team, I'd still have my doubts big time. If it does close up at some point, yeah, then yeah, you can see maybe, maybe being in that position will get to them. But just, I know, I know we've only reached the halfway point. It seems like this season has been going on forever and we're, we're going into the running. I know we're only at the halfway point, but there's been so many opportunities for that for us to see some fallibility in them that we haven't seen yet. I don't see any signs of them buckling under pressure because I think... They go onto the pitch with a system where the players know what they're doing. They've got players in excellent form. Mm. The structure's excellent. The pressing's excellent. There's no reason, really, for them to fall to pieces. They could I get think... they could get some key injuries, like Saka, Odegaard are two players that stand out for me. If you lose them, they're irreplaceable, in a way. You could lose the odd defender, they're irreplaceable. So you don't know what's the future holds you never do with football but something changed about a couple of weeks ago and I think that Spurs game that first half especially changed something in my mind that thought no they are the real deal this season they mm. may not be th- long term you know they may not be this could be a even if they strengthen after this season this could still be a standout season where you get a team who are just on the crest of a wave all the way and it feels that way at the moment mm. I think for me um Quietly, the player who they can't afford to lose is probably Saliba at the back. I feel as though when I when I look when I look throughout the Arsenal squad, they've actually got enough quality options. I, I would have I would have said outside of Saliba and and uh, Party and Gabriel Jesus, yeah, those would have been the three. But with Jesus, you've seen that Nketiah has come in and and he looks like a footballer who fits into that system and plays it really well. Um, yeah, I think if anything happened to party, they might have a little bit of an issue, but they could just drop Xhaka back there and bring Fabio Vieira in, who's so highly rated. Um, but then I look at the back and I go, yeah, if they lost Saliba, who by some distance has been their best defender and really re- reminds me of, you know, somebody like Vinny in the sense that they're just a much, much better team when he plays, and he's just so imperiously good. It's, it's, yeah, it's wild. He's, he's impressed me a crazy amount. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.